Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. This piece will conclude our three-part series on solving for the future workplace, workforce, and CRE teams. In this episode, Sonali Tare, Director of Knowledge and Research at Cornet Global, explores how companies are using data to make informed real estate decisions with Bill Barnaby, Managing Director of Business Analytics at CBRE. In a three-part series, CBRE discusses some of the strategies America's-based corporate occupiers are implementing to solve for the future workplace, workforce, and CRE team. In part three, Bill Burnaby, Managing Director of Business Analytics, explores how companies are using data to make informed real estate decisions. The first question we have for you is, how would you describe the state and level of sophistication of corporate real estate data analytics today? And where do you see the biggest advancements being made? Great question, Sonali. Um, so it, my, my immediate reaction is um, it's getting better, right? And when, when we think about real estate, um, historically, um, both real estate technology and analytics have been a tremendous laggard uh, in the industry. Um, but what we've seen, um, in, uh, really from our research group, and, and what, we're, what we're seeing from overall technology and analytics investment, is we're seeing seven times uh, the overall startup activity and over $8 billion in investment globally, um, really dumping um, cash into both real estate technology and analytics. Um, and it's, part of the question would be, like, what's the, the biggest advancement and why the shift? Um, there's been an overall shift in, in, in mindset is probably the, one of the biggest drivers for this. Um, we, we absolutely live in an on-demand uh, society, an on-demand world. Um, and a lot of our clients, um, a lot of our occupiers, a lot of the, uh, our, our client stakeholders um, are, are being, becoming much more demanding for family information. Um, there, there's proven uh, value. Um, big data is not necessarily an hi a hype or a fad. Uh, it's here to stay in the ROI uh, that you can actually derive from um, data initiatives has been proven out. So there's a tremendous shift there. Um, the second component associated with that as well is really how um, really our digital and technology teams and our IT teams have, have actually um, more aligned with the business. Um, this is a tremendous advancement as well. So um, really with uh, agile development, so versus historic waterfall development, um, agile teams really are, are historic IT teams uh, are really nested with our, our business units. That would absolutely apply to CRE as well. Uh, it's absolutely the case within CBRE as well, where you can actually deploy a very lean team uh, and, and really take on some of these data and analytics initiatives really side by side with the business, uh, driving the very quick uh, prototypes, uh, products, um, really uh, value-added items to our, to our business uh, and, and to our clients as well. Um, and that, that's really on the heels of um, quite a bit of technology advancement as well. So the, the ability to actually source a lot of the uh, it's open source technology. So a lot of these algorithms, a lot of the analytics, uh, a lot of the data that we look to consume, um, it's really become uh, easier to integrate um, really system to system. It's been easier to source data externally as well. Have been tremendous advancements. 
uh, that have really made this possible. Thank you, Bill. Sounds like things are changing and shifting quite a bit. Um, what would you say are the most common challenges faced by CRU occupiers when it comes to incorporating big data and data analytics into the operation of its real estate? There's really four main components that I would highlight here. Um, probably the biggest uh, challenge um, when, when really trying to undertake a big data initiative, um, the first, first component would really be should I build it, should I buy it, or, or should I partner? Um, a lot of our clients, um, they have, uh, virtually all of our clients have big data teams, um, maybe not nested within the CRE organization, but within their core business, they have that today. So in many cases, they may be like, can we leverage um, really some of the work that they're doing as part of their core business? Um, in other cases, um, real estate technology is not part of their core uh, operating strategy, so then it becomes a, a, a really a buy decision, and then navigating those channels. And the third component would be like, or, or if you want to have a balance of that, how can you truly partner um, with the supplier uh, and, and within the core organization to deliver outcomes? That, that's one component. Um, second component um, that's really a challenge today, and this is really based on the industry being uh, a little bit of a laggard uh, here as well in, in some of the sophistication of the, the technology historically, data governance and data quality um, there's been a tremendous amount of uh, poor data capture that has happened historically um, that can really discourage some folks. Um, one of the most common things that I hear from our clients are that, hey, we're not really ready for a big data initiative. We don't, we don't have all of our data clean. Um, that, it's not necessarily a reason not to do that. Um, it, it can be an excuse not to do that, but um, you don't need perfect data to really undertake a big data initiative or really a data analytics initiative. Um, it's something that we can, um, or you should be able to uh, start to improve uh, day after day. Some of that is just monitoring the quality of your data. But you can find pockets where you can actually make some, some great decisions and tremendous ROI associated with that. And then the last two really quick, um, uh, in some cases, um, one of the probably the most, one of the biggest uh, challenges that I see is a lot of our uh, clients um, try to eat the elephant. So in many cases, they say, hey, we want to fix it all. One big bang, um, rather than uh, we, we have the ability today, um, and what we see being most successful is you can actually take this in smaller chunks, given the, the architecture that's available. So I mentioned the open source architecture. You can take it piece by piece, make sure that each product is really adding uh, to your current infrastructure and delivering the outcomes. Um, and you don't necessarily have to do, uh, call it a long, drawn-out project. Uh, to deliver that value and ROI. And then the last piece, um, as it relates to really anything technology, data, and analytics, um, something that you always have to be conscious of is change management and stakeholder management and mapping, uh, really proactive uh, engagement with the business as well. Um, when you set a shop and, and deploy a lot of these analytics exhibits, if you're not really working hand-in-hand -hand with the business, um, really day in and day out, really getting feedback from your core stakeholders, uh, within the organization, uh, a lot of the tools won't be won't be adopted at the end of the day. So it's critical that you're you're really working side by side as you're delivering the products. And then really after the products released um, or the analytics are released or, or being produced, it's it's something that you want to continuously gather feedback from that team. So you want to look at usage metrics, how how much is a specific set of dashboards being leveraged, 
um, but also be able to, to have enhancements come through too. So this is an ongoing process. It's something that you just don't deploy until you're done, something that is uh, continuing to grow over time. Thanks, Bill. Um, sounds like the CRE teams are having to, you know, deal with a lot and um, sort of move and shift and sort of just stay agile. Um, what organizational changes are CRE occupiers making to better prepare for integrating data analytics into their operation? So in terms of changes that we see our occupiers making, um, first and foremost, um, there, there definitely is a, an investment in talent. Um, and we see this in a couple of different um, flavors. So one is actually having true technology managers that are managing the client's internal technology roadmap and really being able to articulate where, where they're going uh, within property technology and, and analytics. Um, the second piece is, is really the analytics talent as well. Um, the analytics talent is something that is pretty scarce in the industry today. So a lot of the, a lot of the folks, um, uh, it's a very tight job market in a sense, um, but it's something that a lot of our, our occupier clients are having small teams, um, and they're also working with companies like uh, CBRE um, or other suppliers, really hand in hand uh, to work on analytics initiatives. In some cases, uh, our clients are going to have data that they want to incorporate in the, into the really some of the overall analysis uh, and even data science activities that they'd want to have. And in other cases, they want to be able to, to leverage um, either a third-party vendor or a strategic partner as part of, as part of uh, some of these initiatives as well. Um, so talent is one key component. Um, the second key component is really uh, what was mentioned around really organizational agility. So um, what we see is more proactive engagement um, really with um, core business units uh, within our clients, but, uh, within our clients. Um, tremendous amount of change management, really, that goes into that as well. So um, in one case, um, we have a client that's looking to reinvent, we have multiple clients that are looking to reinvent really their CRM type engagement model that leverages around data and analytics, which is, it's really changing the conversation. Um, and, and being able to train um, both our internal clients, um, staff, but also the, sort of re-educating a lot of their, their core stakeholders as well as it relates to how they're going to engage, what they can actually expect out of CRE, and ultimately some of the value that can be provided um, by the CRE teams as well. So it, it's, it's beyond our, our traditional metrics today. Um, with all the data and analytics that we're capturing or the industry is capturing in general, um, it's a pretty cool time because we can actually bring a lot of new um, insights um, that a lot of our, our, our clients' stakeholders never knew it existed. And that could be anything from uh, labor analytics to really some of our, uh, our occupant experience type, type metrics that really get into like some of their core business and employee satisfaction of really how you can uh, maximize uh, both the efficiency within the workplace but also the experience that folks are having uh, when they're occupying sites. You know, considering all that's changing and how things are evolving, there's going to be organizations on, you know, on a wide spectrum of where they are uh, in terms of, uh, you know, putting through these changes. So for an organization starting from scratch, what would be a first good step to establishing a data analytics program 
what low cost or no regrets decisions can be taken right away? Yeah, and some of, some of this we, we, we set on already, um, but the couple of, couple of quick items, but first is the actual business engagement, making sure that you're hearing your customer, um, making sure that any type of analytics activity that you're, you're putting forward for funding, um, or even if you're chartering um, with, a, with a partner in, in the space as well, you want to make sure that that's in alignment with your key strategic drivers within, within your organization. Um, second component is you actually want to look at some of the strategic investments and, and some of the limitations that you may have from an infrastructure standpoint. So uh, within data, with data and analytics, um, the technology is coming really far, really fast. Um, but in some cases, certain technologies integrate better with others. Um, you may have uh, hosting uh, restrictions. You may have specific IT restrictions as it relates to actually setting up some of the environment or how you'd actually present this back internally. So making sure that you have uh, like your core IT engaged as part of the process as well is a critical element to say, okay, where are the guardrails and how you actually can start to deploy some of the, the analytics. Second piece is um, in many cases, uh, either our suppliers or um, even our, our clients' core teams have been doing this activity um, in maybe an inefficient way, but for a very long time. Actually engaging their core team as part of this process uh, of really identifying uh, really your analytics and technology roadmap is a critical element. Um, in many cases, a lot of the folks are going to talk about really their pain points. Uh, where they perceive that there's an opportunity, and that's going to help you inform uh, some of the analysis that you're going you're to deploy. Um, and ultimately, what you want that to actually map to um, are really some of the strategic drivers that I mentioned. Some of the low cost, no cost, um, there, there's several of those items. In, in, in all cases, getting uh, a big data platform in place, um, you have to have a very quick ROI. In a lot of the cases, the, a lot of the low-hanging fruit is there. So where you're actually going to find a lot of value, um, one is going to be in portfolio optimization. So how, are you, how can you actually um, act, uh, maximize the occupancy and the locations that you're occupying? Um, how to actually align that with labor, labor tools uh, or labor, labor pools? Uh, and then the second, the second component there too is how do you actually provide the flexibility and, and accommodate the growth uh, or, or contraction within your business. So portfolio optimization is, is one of those areas that we see a lot of investment. Um, second area um, is really unemployee and occupant experience now. So really with the war talent, I mean historically low unemployment rates, we see a, a lot of attention that comes into really our employee experience analytics. And being able to, to view that data real time and be able to transform some of the workplace programs, um, tremendous value there um, and tremendous value to our, uh, our clients, uh, stakeholders as well. And then um, the last piece is really on sort of the facility management, uh, energy management side. Um, in a lot of cases here, um, you're seeing the ability to rationalize uh, really supply chain uh, being a high ROI item. Uh, extending the, the length of life of pieces of equipment, uh, strategic capital planning would be associated with that as well. So how do you actually go back to your core business and be able to articulate what your capital plan should be for the next 10 years and be able to, mass, to line that up with um, really the portfolio strategy? And then you're starting to change the conversation when you're engaging with your business just because you have so much data at your fingertips. Uh, last last uh, 
component here uh, that I wanted to mention is um, the actual cost of the solutions um, have gone down tremendously. Um, and that really goes hand in hand with open source technologies. You think about Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, uh, Google, um, the, the actual software itself and a lot of these algorithms um, are out there today and they've come down significantly in price. So choosing the right partner, having the right strategy is really the, uh, is really the it's an over decision overall and it's something that's going to have a pretty quick ROI. Thanks, Bill. Um, are there any examples uh, that you can provide of real use cases where data analytics are being used successfully? Sure. Um, so today, um, it, so it, within CBRE um, and really within our client base, we have, we have a couple over 200 clients that are leveraging um, some sort of data and analytics interface today. Um, and then within that, um, we actually have 50 clients that are on our Vantage Analytics platform, which is really our, our big data platform uh, today. Um, we have over 650 uh, analysts or analytics experts within the firm uh, really delivering across the, those, those sets of clients. If I were to categorize really what they're doing uh, and, and some of the highlights there, um, it really goes anything from basic reporting. so providing unprecedented transparency into the services um, that are being performed. And this would also go hold true for our internal client uh, or within our clients' organizations as well. Um, actually being able to do self-service. Um, so when folks think about um, analytics in a lot of cases, uh, a lot of folks think about the actual output. In many cases, um, what you need is you actually have to be able to query into this data dynamically and have the team to be able to do that. So having access into the source systems and being able to do correlations across uh, service lines is something, uh, or services that are being provided, is something that um, is a tremendous advancement and you see a lot of momentum there. And that also goes hand in hand with data integration capabilities. So in many cases you'll see uh, specific point solutions or IWMSs. Uh, you want to layer in additional data always there. Or the question that we always get from the business would be, wouldn't it be cool if you could add revenue or could you add the HR data from our, our corporate ERP into some of the analytics that you're providing? That's very possible today within the analytics world and it's something that we see as a, as a common theme across our, our clients. Um, on more of the advanced use, use cases, um, we have several clients that are using uh, cognitive services. So this is everything, um, we have use cases around video. Um, one of those examples would be uh, actually having video cameras that monitor snow accumulation and then dynamically dispatching uh, a ticket to a, a snow removal company once, once it starts to snow, um, all the way down to really text and voice recognition. So how can you actually streamline your call center operations and service requests that, that come through or even lease abstraction? Um, being able to do that in a more dynamic fashion using, using those use cases. We have another um, uh, set of clients that are, are really part of one of our optimization use cases, which is really looking at the dynamic scheduling and planning uh, of uh, really our mobile fleet uh, or technicians within the industry, uh, within servicing our clients' portfolios. What this does is it's really looking at both internal and external variables as it relates to dispatch at work. So one is sheer volume and being able to predict volumes over time, so really plain and reactive work orders. 
but also taking in the external components associated with it as well. So how do you actually tie into an external API for drive time so you don't have, you're really maximizing the, the windshield time that that mobile technician would have. Second component of that would be layering in weather. Um, just being able to, to put a technician in a, in a safe working condition, so not scheduling rooftop work um, when it's 100 degrees in the summer in Arizona. Um, things like that uh, are, are very common within the uh, within the uh, within our clients and within the, the platform and what we're seeing. And then the last piece is actually looking at um, uh, there's a tremendous amount of benchmarking capabilities and ultimately validation of data um, that is that is currently occurring. Um, on the benchmarking side, um, you have uh, really the ability to look at like-for-like -like services um, all the way down to specific items such as pieces of equipment. So uh, being able to recommend to a client uh, which uh, rooftop unit they should be installing in a specific market is data that we've ultimately had today or which is, what would be the preferred vendor and why. Um, being able to justify those decisions are really the most common use cases. Um, a couple other quick ones, um, really on the smart building side, uh, we do have a client today um, that is really looking, and they're very innovative in, in this concept, is they're actually building an overall real estate composite scorecard. So really looking at several factors within their portfolio, um, but it really gets into smart building componentry as well. Primarily an engineering focused client, but they have uh, all of their building DMS data. Uh, wired into the analytics platform, and that performs uh, a composite score, really tracking costs of faults and energy consumption across their, their buildings. Second component um, is really a lot of their, their maintenance uh, activities, um, how they're leveraging vendors overall cost basis, um, dynamically tying into that. And the third one is actually looking at um, really their capital planning components. So being able to have that actual assessment from the project team, uh, from their facility management team, and being able to have that in the interface. So you really have a one-stop shop for all things really engineering and operations for, for all the buildings, and it provides composite score. And really you can start tracking initiatives against that uh, is a great example. And then the last one that I'm going to highlight is really around uh, sensor technology, the IoT space, uh, outside of the, the BMS example that I used. Um, this is really a, a great area um, that we're, we're really uh, deep into now with our CBR 360 um, team, really looking at how uh, employees interact with space and, and really all the services that you'd be able to provide uh, in that space as well. Um, there is an application component, uh, but the more critical component is really the action that you take about uh, the data that you're seeing. So how do you actually transform the services that you're providing? Uh, and we have a couple of great clients that are on that application today um, that are really leveraging it. And um, we see that as a, as a very important growth area, uh, or very exciting growth area overall. Thanks, Bill. It's always very helpful to sort of have that um, real-world perspective and real-world um, insight into, you know, how others might be um, dealing with the challenges that, uh, that you're dealing with. Um, on to our last question. What are the different schools of thought around the underlying technology platform to support a scalable analytics program, for example, Apple versus Windows? So we got, we got all kinds of operating systems, uh, is, is, is what I would say. Um, 
there's a, there's a couple different schools of thought here. Um, what I had mentioned earlier was really build by partner. Um, each one of those has its own pros and cons. In many cases, um, what I would recommend uh, in the space is really to uh, either buy or partner in, in really tackling a data and analytics um, initiative. In many cases, it's not core uh, business to a lot of our clients in terms of data and analytics. And a lot of the, the suppliers that are out there um, today have the capabilities uh, to be able to perform uh, this service. On the technology side, there, there's also some very key decisions that you have to make there as well. Um, if I were to, to put it in a high-level bucket um, around real estate technology, you're going to have your, your traditional IWMS type platforms versus really a lot of the, the new point solutions that are coming online. And these are two very different approaches as it relates to um, really how you're going to have your, your, your technology grow over time. Um, IWMSs are great. I mean, it's a single uh, one-stop shop for really all things uh, technology-related. In, in many cases, uh, what we see is um, some of the IWMS products that are out there, um, they do some things very well, um, but they, they may lack um, either data and analytics capabilities or even some of the core functionality that is really critical to our clients' teams uh, to be able to, to perform uh, services for their, their stakeholders. Versus the point solutions, which is what I mentioned, that's where a tremendous amount of capital is being invested. So we see a lot of new technologies. Uh, we're constantly uh, uh, really scraping the industry to see what's the next thing that's coming out uh, and how can we partner with the folks and really how do we bring that back to our clients. Um, there are other, uh, it's not just one or the other to, is the answer here. Uh, in many cases, what, what's best is really what services your clients. But, from a data and analytics standpoint, the ability to integrate is, is really critical. So you can actually have an IWMS with some best-in-breed point solutions, and many of our clients are doing that today. The last key point here um, is really uh, black box versus open source. So my, my biggest piece of guidance here is um, the open source technologies and the ability for your platform to grow is probably the, one of the most critical components uh, when, when making decisions both on an analytics platform uh, basis, but also some of the core technologies that you're having. You, you don't want something that becomes uh, essentially obsolete after you install it or after you actually get deployed. Uh, you want something that you can continue to progress. Uh, you want to be able to change it out. If, if, uh, if we go from a uh, quote-unquote BlackBerry and then the iPhone comes out, you want to be able to have that option to upgrade. Um, because it's really going to make your team more efficient, um, but it's also going to drive a tremendous amount of value uh, to your stakeholders as well. Thank you so much, Bill. Um, I just want to say we really, really appreciate you uh, doing this podcast and uh, sharing your insights uh, with our members. And, um, you know, once again. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, everyone. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.